0: It's the last stand. And here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is the last stand. I'm Brian Custer. We bring you the biggest names in the sport. And joining us is one of the top dogs at 140. He is the former undisputed super lightweight champion of the world, the current WBO Ring Magazine champion. He's none other than Josh Taylor. Champ, it is really an honor to have you on the last stand. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, man. And I would just like to correct you there. I'm the top dog. Not one of the top dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The The top
0: dog. titles I let go of are still mine. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, So we get to see the top dog June 10th now, uh, facing Fimo Lopez, New York City. The garden. Can you give us some insight? Who made this fight happen? How did it come about?
1: Well, I was due. I was. I was due to have the rematch with Jack Catterall, um, and sort of got put back once or twice. Um, then I picked up an injury, um, and when I picked up the injury, um, Jack Catterall went away and booked another fight. Um, I booked him for another fight date, and um, but then during that time, the WBO got in contact with me to say that they're mandating me to fight my mandatory challenger, which is Teofimo Lopez. So, um, that's how that's how the fight with Teofimo then come around. So yeah, here we are, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think this fight here is is a bigger fight, a much bigger fight, a much bigger, huge, much humongous fight, sort of, worldwide, Teofimo's a big name, I'm a big name, I've got all the titles, well, did have all the titles at 140, I've let go of a couple, but, yeah, um, I'm excited for this fight, it's going to be good, you know, boxing in the Madison Square Gardens, it's another bucket list venue that I'm ticking off in my career, so, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm buzzing for this fight, and uh, I've got the bit between the teeth and can't wait to get... Over there and uh, whoop some ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now listen, you and Tia Fimo have certainly had some back and forth, uh, not only on social media, uh, but through the media as well. Let's be honest, he hasn't looked that great since he's made the move up uh, yeah. to 140. What do you think of Tia Fimo as
1: a fighter? I think he is a good fighter. He does a lot of things really, really good. He's very athletic. He's he's quick. He's explosive. Um, you know, he's got good punching combinations and things like that. You know, but I, I see that he makes a lot of mistakes as well. He makes a lot of errors. A lot of... He leaves himself wide open. And I see he makes a lot of... I've got a lot of holes in his game that I'm going to exploit. Obviously, I'm not going to say them here on this interview. But, um, yeah, I see a lot of things that I can I can... I can uh, expose him with on fight night uh, and yeah he's a great fighter yeah he hasn't he hasn't looked great in his last couple of fights but I didn't look great in my last fight either so um you, he could say the same thing about me but um he is a great fighter I can't I can't say he isn't I would be talking nonsense if, uh, if I said he wasn't a great fighter so yeah I think he is a good fighter you you know you we talk about his
0: last fight and in and... If you watch that fight, you know the cameras actually caught him before the judges rendered the decision. Him looking at his corner and mouthing the words, am I still that guy? So he even was questioning himself after that last fight. Do, do you think he's still the same fighter that we saw like
1: when he was fighting Lomachenko? Well, that doing that he got from uh, Kambosis, um certainly dented his confidence and his ego. His ego's taken a massive hit. And uh, he, he can see he's a bit. He can see he's a bit mentally fragile. Anyway, so um, with me with this fight, I plan on retiring this guy. Um, I plan on giving that much of a beating that he he doesn't think he's that guy anymore. So uh, he's already got them doubts. I'm going to cement them and retire him.
0: Yeah, he he talked a lot. I saw uh, when they made the announcement for the fight. Um, you know, he talked about taking you
1: out and 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 knocking you out. What, what were your what were your thoughts listening to him talk? I'm just like, good, go for it, try your best because you will end up on your backside. So I'm more than happy if that's the way he wants to go. So, um, yeah, I I just can't wait for this fight. You know, I just think that given his sort of profile and his attitude and what he's achieved in the sport as well and beating Lomachenko and stuff, he's he's a very, very good fighter. So, um, And I'm one of only five, I was the fifth person in history to become the Undisputed World Champion. Uh, in the four belt era. So I've got a lot of accolades to my name as well in titles. So this is a huge fight worldwide, you know, so, um, he was unified world champion probably should have been undisputed world champion, but he he wasn't, you know, due to to, uh, Loma Lingo is WBC. So yeah, he, he is a very good fighter. So uh, this is, this is a big, big fight.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, so last time we saw you was February, of 2022 when you defended your undisputed title there for the first time, Uh, that fight with Jack Catterall, certainly ended in that split draw. Uh, You know, after that fight, there were so many people who were like, yo, I thought Catterall won it. And I was reading one of the publications there in Britain. They called it, quote, the biggest robbery in British boxing history. Uh, I know there was supposed to be a rematch.
1: Why Why do you think the rematch never happened? Well, I got injured. Um, I got injured. It was meant to be a day in uh, December, but I'd just moved new coaches. So I thought, right, I've just moved a new coach, so I'll put it back to after the new year um, in, in February. And it was meant to be in February. And then I picked up the injury. So that's what happened. Uh, when I picked up the injury, he went and then booked in another fight for April time. Um, and then during that time, the WBO come in and mandated, mandated me to fight Teal. So that's where we are now. Hmm. What, what did you? How did you deal with all of the brushback after that fight? I'm okay with it. I've not in person. I've not had anything. I've not really had much at all. I've had a couple of people come up to me and say, "Yeah, I thought he maybe just nicked it." I've had nobody come up to me and say, "Oh, that was a robbery." You know, most of them people say it was a robbery were English people because it was England versus Scotland. So, and when you watch that fight with that commentary, it's so biased from the very first bell. It's unbelievable. So, um, you watch that fight without the commentary, it's a completely different fight. The commentary is very sort of uh, convincing in the words in the words that they've been using.
0: You know, you did make history um, when you talk about becoming undisputed. And then last summer, you know, you, you vacated a, a number of the belts, I think three of them. Tell me why. Why did why, you give up the
1: belts? Why, why not hold on to all of them? Well, it's, it's impossible. For one, you've got to pay all these sanctioning fees as well. You know, um, when, when I boxed when I boxed Ramirez, you know, 12% of my purse was away to sanctioning fees. But it's just wow. it's ridiculous. You know, each, each sanctioning fee, each body takes 3% of your purse. That's 12% of your purse away. So I'm not willing to pay that kind of money, willing to pay that kind of money if it's not for a fight that that I'm up for, you know, in terms of creating history and stuff. So um, they started then becoming mandatories and stuff. So the way for me to have that rematch with Jack, I had to let like go of belts because the mandatories were coming in from all the different other organisations. It's almost impossible to keep the, all the belts and get the fights that you want when you've got all the belts, because all the, all the organizations start then calling in their mandatories. So it's, it's impossible to then go the route that you want to go. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian Custer. Our next partner,
0: Athletic Greens. You know, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. You think I got like this overnight? No, it's because of AG1. And I wanted to try because I wanted better gut health, increased energy, immune system support. I take AG1 in the morning before starting my day, and it really makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body, like covering all my nutritional bases. And it's great before your workouts. It's made with 75 super high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, and sleep support sustained energy, and really so much more. You know, really quickly, I noticed that it helps me with improved digestion, and I feel great, and it helps support my sleep. I like that AG1 is delivered monthly, so I don't even have to think about it. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D, and five travel packs to go with your first purchase. All you've got to do, go to athleticgreens.com slash last stand. That's athleticgreens.com slash last stand, and check it out. Um, You know, I know, I remember, Josh, there was some talk not too long ago of Josh Taylor moving up in weight and fighting Terrence Bud Crawford. Whatever happened to that?
1: that's still a, definitely a goal that's still definitely a goal to move up to 147 and challenge for a title up there as well i mean it's not doesn't necessarily have to be bud crawford it's whoever's got the titles so by the time i move up to 140 bud might uh, 147 bud might not have the titles that he's got and uh, spence might not have the title they might have shifted hands by then but when i move up to 147 i'm Aiming to become a world champion at 147, so whoever's got the belts is whoever I want to fight, and I can beat them all.
0: Mm. And that that begs the question: How long will you be at 140? Because I know you've talked in the in the past about you know, hey, it, it's hard work making 140. How long will you will you remain there at this weight?
1: I'm not sure. You know, I mean, um, I can do it. I can definitely do it. Um, although it be a struggle, absolutely, I would be uh, lying to say if it isn't a struggle. Um, but as a struggle, but. I can do it. I've had all the tests on my body composition's done and all that. Um, with my S and C guy, I can do it and I can do it safely. So, um, the last time I was just a little bit still in kind of on Everest and kind of party mode, celebration mode by what I had did, you know. Um, and I I stayed too long out of the gym and ate too much, good tasting bad food, you know, and drank <laughs> too much beer, and. Uh, I left it too late to make the weight comfortable and do and do the diet and get in shape properly. I just left it all too late, and uh, that's the mistake that I've made and the mistake that I've I've lessened that I've learned. So I'll not be doing that again. Uh, when do you see yourself? Uh, at one forty seven next year? Yeah, possibly. Um, I may have this fight and another fight. May get the re- rematch with Caro and then move up to one forty seven. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what options come my way after this fight. First and foremost, see how this fight goes. You know, you got you got to see how this fight with Tio Fimo goes first. Um so after I've whipped his ass, then move then see what happens. Maybe we could get a rematch with Progress, can get all these other guys that have got my belts, um, reclaim my belts and then maybe move back and move up to one four seven.
0: Wow. Um you 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 know and, and listen, you, you mentioned it, but you did become the first uh Brit basically uh in the in this four belt era. To yeah. become the undisputed champion, what does what did that mean to you?
1: It's, I'm very very proud of it. You know, um, like let alone world boxing. Like in world boxing, there's only been a handful of fighters that have done it. You know, it's I think it's what seven or eight now. Seven,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly
1: seven. So in world boxing, there's only seven people that have become undisputed world champions. So that is a huge achievement in itself. Um, the first person in the UK um, to do it in the four bell era is. History, piece of history being made, and the first undisputed world champion since my my one of my late heroes, Ken Buchanan, who just passed away recently. So, for me, that's I could retire tomorrow, ha, happily tomorrow, and say I've done amazing things in the sport, and I've achieved all this in only 18 fights. You know, so I'm still relatively inexperienced as a pro, um, and I've still got a lot of climbing and a lot more. Uh, Achievements to to reach. I'm still got that huge ambition that I want to do become a two weight world champion. Who knows? To down the line become a two weight undisputed world champion. Something that nobody's ever done. You know. Wow. So these are the kind of ambitions in that I've got, and this is the kind of thing that keeps the fire burning in my in my stomach to keep me away from home down in England, away from my friends, my family, my wife. So I, I'm down here living by myself, training away, and because I because I'm driven and got a go and what I want to do. So. I wouldn't be doing that if i was never 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 had that desire. You know, one of the things I I was listening to Tiafimo talk about
0: this fight, and he kept talking about this guy is not tough enough. Those guys that come over from the Brit, those from the UK, aren't tough. D- do you think that people here in the states have this perception that fighters that come from the
1: UK are quote soft? No, I'm Scottish. I'm hard as nails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hard as nails, I'm Scottish, I'm a Scottish warrior, So uh, I'm, I'm hard, I've got that dog in me, I've proved in it time and time again, and um, you don't get to my, you don't get to my level in the sport and achieve what I've achieved if, if you're not tough.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Brian Custer, got some exciting news, we have a new sponsor for our show today, Caldera Lab, you know, say goodbye to that generic face wash on your counter, because Caldera Lab is here to save the day when it comes to your skin, it's backed by leading clinical trial where 9 out of 10 men experience healthier, invisibly improved skin. Look, check out my mug. Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. Now, Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skin care products by combining pharmaceutical-grade science along with nature's purest and most potent ingredients and in kicking off their stellar skin care selection – we have the regimen bundle it's a twice a day routine to transform your skin inside this bundle you'll find the clean slate the base layer and the good all right the clean slate is where you start your day it's a balancing cleanser that uses gentle plant-based cleansing leaving your skin types really exceptionally refreshed then you have the base layer It's a nutrient-dense, fortifying moisturizer that hydrates your skin. It absorbs fast, leaving you with that matte finish so you can start your day confidently. The Good, it's your go-to at night before bed, and it's really a clinically proven, multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter, smoother, as well as help reduce, and you know what I'm talking about, the wrinkles, the fine lines. See? Look at this. Just smooth, brothers. Smooth. I'm telling you. It's ready to take your skin to the next level with Caldera Lab. Look no further than the icon. It's that rejuvenating eye serum. It's here to address the three most common skin concerns around that eye. You know what I'm talking about, the fine lines, the dark circles, and, of course, the puffiness. It's committed, and I'm talking about Caldera Labs, to transparency, sustainability, and excellence. Caldera Lab is on a mission to better men's skin care around the world and providing itself on clean ingredients and doing right by their customers and the planet we live in. Caldera Lab is a certified B Corporation as well as a member of the 1% for the planet. Listen, get 20% off with the code LASTSTAND at calderalab.com. 20% off Caldera Lab. Com. Make sure you use the code Last Stand. Unlock your UFO Glow, folks, and you'll be ready for the summer with Caldera Lab. Uh, Josh, for people who listen and who watch this show, we allow them to submit questions through social media. We got a number of them for, for you, so we'll only just get to a few here. Uh, Rod from Twitter asks. Why haven't you moved up to 147 yet? Once you vacated all the belts, there's nothing left for you at 140.
1: Well, I think I basically touched on that one there um, just a minute ago. Um, the reason was it was I was getting I was going to get the rematch with Jack Carroll, um, but then it fell through, and then this fight with Teofimo Lopez, come come running about. So I think that's a big fight as well. So I've stayed there for this fight. Um, He's been talking a whole lot of nonsense for a couple of years with my name in his mouth, shooting my name out. So it's time for him to pay the price for that. Um, And then then we'll be looking at moving up. We'll be moving up. The move to 147 is imminent.
0: Got it. Um, Cena from uh, Twitter asks, what is your dream fight? If you could face anyone, either historically or uh, an active fighter now, who would you face?
1: Oh, there's there's a few for me. I could be here for ages, you know. Um one would be Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, he absolute legend, he, he was absolutely brilliant. Um two, my hero Manny Pacquiao. I'd love to share the ring with Manny Pacquiao. Um Ricky Hatton would have been another one as well. That would have been a great fight as well. Um and probably currently one of my favourite fighters, Bud Crawford, um and I think I've got the minerals to beat him as well. You know, I would, I would love to have that fight at some point in the future as well.
0: What do you just your, What are your thoughts on why he and Spence just cannot get this fight come about? It's fallen through. D- what, what do you think about that?
1: I do not know. Why, um, there's obviously reasons why, but I do not know why it's not happening. Supposedly it is happening, but supposedly it's not happening. We, we don't know, but I don't know why it's not happening. But I think it should. The two guys are the best in the division. Um and uh, boxing would be, boxing would be better. Uh, boxing would be for the better if a fight like that got made.
0: Mm. Who who do you think wins that fight?
1: I would edge towards Bud Crawford. Um, I just think he's got that little bit extra spice. Um, I just think he's got that little bit extra sauce and flavor about him. Um, I think he's really good. I think he's he can box, he can fight, he can go off or duck Southpaw front foot in the back foot. He can sort of do it all. Um, but having said that, Spencer is a phenomenal fighter as well. You know, very strong, m- methodical sort of southpaw. He'll break you down and beat you up. So that's yeah, a very, very interesting fight. But I, I'm sort of edging towards Crawford would, would be, my, if I was a betting man, that's what I would probably do, put my money on Crawford.
0: And how would a Josh Taylor but Crawford fight f- play out in the ring?
1: Man, that would be brilliant, man. This, uh, the fight would be amazing. You know, this, I would definitely need to be at my best for that fight. Um, and I think I can beat him. You know, I think I, I think I can beat him. I, like, you ask any fighter, you put someone in the opposite corner for you. You can, you can put King Kong in that cor- opposite corner and you, I'm going to win. You know, so, I mean, I, you can put anybody in front of me and I think I'm going to win. But for me, the challenge of fighting I want to fight the best. I want to challenge myself against the best fighters in the game. And for me, Bud Crawford in a room, my weight class is the best in the game and I'd love to fight him. Uh, this next question comes from Steve. He must be from the UK. He says, will you ever have
0: this rematch with Catterall?
1: Yeah, I think I've already touched on that there as well. Um, if I'm staying at the way, I will be fighting him again. The, the fight will be made at some point, whether it's next or down the line, but the fight won't be made. That's, that's for definite.
0: Uh, Red Rooster asks, what are you doing differently, especially uh, against Tia to ensure that you make weight better, Watching Portrait of a Fighter showed what a struggle it was for you.
1: Yeah, it was a struggle, but a lot of that was down to me. Um, And the lifestyle that I was uh, living before I got into training camp, I lit myself. I never saw the inside the boxing gym for months and months. I was drinking a little bit too much alcohol and eating a little bit too much good taste and bad food. So. That, that that was all sort of down to me my lack of discipline um and that's the lesson that I've learned you know you can't you can't do that you know once once you're at the top that's where the hard work begins because you've got to stay there then you know so it's, it's hard getting to the top but staying there is harder yeah uh Stuart lastly asks
0: uh do you think do you think you might get a big fight in Edinburgh or with Mur- uh, Murrayfield yeah. Easter uh Easter Road in Edinburgh Castle? There's, these are three excellent options for a summertime big event.
1: Yeah, these these are um, these are venues. I think Murrayfield's maybe a little bit too big. That's a rugby stadium that holds almost like 60,000. So I think that's maybe a little bit too big, maybe a little bit ambitious, but if I get the right dance part, you never know. Um, but Easter Road is the the football team that's supporting uh, Edinburgh Hibs. Um, They're very keen for me to go there, and we've already had big discussions about having maybe my possibly my next fight there um and the castle as well obviously I'd love to fight the castle iconic scene on top of the the mountain basically in edinburgh um and the boxing ring and the esplanade and all that it would just be iconic um these places these venues would be like once in a lifetime opportunity so i absolutely 100% do have a desire to fight there once uh, before i retire
0: who who uh, influenced you the most? I love your swag when I watch you fight in the ring. Who who, who was the biggest influence on your boxing ability, Josh? You
1: know, I take I take a little bit from everybody. You know, I, I watched I watched when I, a lot when I was younger. I watched a lot of Ricky Hatton for the the body punching. Um, I watched a lot of Edwin Valero with the style, the, the speed, the, the layback left hand, right hook, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I watched obviously my a lot of my hero Manny Pacquiao and stuff and things like that so I used to watch all these guys and take little bits from them and learn from them watch them on YouTube watch them training videos and things like that and, and, and try and copy them in the gym and try and emulate what the things they were doing in the gym that I really took for them styles so I kind of just emulated a lot of fighters that I really looked up to and watched um, Kozaki as well Joe Kozaki was one that I really watched an awful lot um, when I got growing, when I was growing up and got going, you know. So a lot of these guys, and they were all southpaws as well. Um, well, except for Ricky Hatton, obviously, but the most of them were, were southpaws. And I used to just watch all these guys and just take little bits and bobs from their game and, and try and incorporate it into myself. All right, champ, we've come to the last segment
0: of this program. We call it The Last Stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> Tougher oh, but fight.
1: But tough. inappropriate here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which was a tougher fight for you? Was it Caterall or was it Regis Progray? Progray. Um I, one it's kinda of half one or two because um the the was quite tough because I was so weak from making the weight and the weight cut. So from the very first belt I felt like I was weakened up. I was already weak. I was already sorry, of never had the energy, never had the legs underneath me, never had the strength. So I, that from that point it was because I was weak. But in terms of physicality in the fight, it was it wasn't that hard. The the progre fight was a tough one. The pro the progre fight was a was a tougher one because my eye my eye closed. Um started closing around round seven and then round eight it completely closed. When it caught my left hand, it completely closed. So I fought like four rounds with, with one eye. Basically, and uh, that that one was quite tough because I had to really adjust uh, what I was having to do and watch where the shots was coming from. So I couldn't see anything coming out from this side of the face. So uh, I had to I had to adjust it. So it was quite tough. But that fight with Progre was the one the one that I've most enjoyed uh, being a part of because I really enjoyed being in the, the thick and in the fire with that fight. I really enjoyed it.
0: You know, we had Progray on the last stand and it's funny because obviously that's his only loss and that's all he talked about. If there's a fight he wants, it is the rematch he says with Josh Taylor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, he's got my WBC belt, so that can uh that can certainly be made and uh, it'll be another great fight.
0: Oh, I love it. Uh and I assume the outcome stays the same.
1: Absolutely. Always.
0: <laughs> um in your opinion, put Josh Taylor aside. Who is the best fighter at hundred and forty pounds right
1: now? Right now I'd say Regis Progress is up there. Regis Progress is definitely up there. Um some of the other what well, the other champions there have not I've not really seen too much of them, but they're they are good. I I, I would say I would probably say Regis Progress. Got yeah. it.
0: Got it. Uh who wins between Haney and Lomachenko, you think?
1: I think Haney. Um I think he's just a little bit too big um for Loma. Um too big, too young, too slick, I think, um, I think Loma's, sort of, he's had a great career, he's had a stellar career, um, two-time Olympic champion, and fought at world level, since his second professional debut, you know, so over 350 fights as an amateur, so, I just think, now, um, I think, it must be about 35, 36 years old, um, I think that he's just, just, just maybe a little bit past his best, but still, mm. listen, the matrix, you know. So I don't think you can write him off at any time. Um, I think there's going to be a very good and very interesting fight. But for me, I just think uh, Devin Haney's a little bit too big, too young, too sharp. Uh, who, in
0: your opinion, is the biggest boxing star in the UK? Is it Anthony Joshua or is it Tyson Fury?
1: I would say it's Tyson Fury now. Um personally me i think it's tyson fury now over the last few years from um, his Deontay wilder fights and uh going to the wwe and all that kind of stuff so i think he is probably the bigger name now i would say but um, the two of them are giants but i'd say fury is probably the the bigger name I, I know uh anthony
0: joshua is now training with Derek james what do you think is that? what do you think has happened to anthony joshua
1: I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think his confidence has had a big, a big uh, dent. Um, you know, obviously, Usyk he had two defeats back to back. Uh, He's been dropped a couple of times. Stopped. Uh, just seems a little bit sort of shy and hesitant to get in the line of fire. Um, whereas before, like before he got dropped and stuff, like his fights with uh, Klitschko and um, all them sort of guys, you know, and in the in the firing line all the time and really letting his hands go. He wasn't afraid. You know, so and and he was a good finisher, very good finisher. So I just think he just looked a little bit sorta of hesitant at of getting hit and a bit hesitant to be in the line of fire. Mm. Uh last but not least,
0: at this time next year, Josh Taylor will
1: be you finish it. A two-weight world champion. Wow. Maybe Easter Road or Edinburgh Castle as a two-weight world champion. I love that. That means, man, that means you're champion
0: at 140, obviously, and then champion at 147.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. These are goals of mine. I want to become a – at least try and attempt um, to become a two-weight world champion, but I believe I can do it, and I believe I can beat these guys. So – yeah, I am. that's absolutely a goal of mine, to become a 2 bit world champion. Well, listen,
0: man, we wish you nothing but the best of luck on June 10th. Uh, it's been a pleasure, man, talking with you here on The Last Stand. Been waiting to do this for a very long time. we got to do it again, okay?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Brian. So thanks for having me on. Thank you.
0: That's what we do here on The Last Stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport. And the biggest at 140 is right there. Josh Taylor. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week.